0: On you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: This is Dr. Dan, and I'm talking with Sheriff Derek Palmer of Cherokee County, a constitutional sheriff, and we're discussing the authority of the local sheriff, the local sheriff, is your county sheriff is the highest elected law enforcement official in the country all the other law enforcement officials are appointed by some government agency or some uh, government head they all work for those government agencies but the sheriff because he's elected by you in your county he is responsible to the citizens of the county so sheriff let's talk about an important point. Okay, uh, we've seen a lot of violence uh, across the nation we've seen a lot of violence against law enforcement individuals we've seen enormous destruction of private property burning looting we've seen attempts to um, to erase the history uh, of our nation which is extremely troubling uh... to me uh, we need to learn from our history, not erase it. All dictators on earth, the first thing they do when they take power is erase history to disassociate the people from their past. So all of this is going on mm-hmm. in our country. So it's appropriate for me to talk to you because you are the constitutional law enforcement authority in Cherokee County, as does every single every single sheriff in all of our surrounding, right. surrounding rural counties. So with that authority... How do you deal with protests, riots, law breaking, and the law breaking and, and looting and everything associated? What what is what are your what are your priorities? How do you handle it from the wor- from the least to the worst? Right.
2: What are your there, There's different levels of that that you have to deal with. You have to be prepared for every level, but. You know one of the one of the whole things that you need to start with I think as far as law enforcement being the sheriff is working to try to stop those things before they start. I think is, is where you you start at. Uh, if you know we had a we had a a BLM protest in Cherokee County uh, this past month, and uh, one of the things that we did immediately, is, or I did immediately as sheriff, uh, was to contact the the protest leaders that we we got wind that they were going to do this. Uh, the leader got back in contact with me. We sat down. We had discussions about what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. We had discussions about you know about where this was going, about what to expect out of this, and we we with the leaders, we talked with them. If you cross the line and you do this, this is what will happen. You know, we we didn't try to ambush anybody, we didn't try to hide anything. We just laid everything on the line of this is where we are and this is what we'll tolerate, this is what we'll not tolerate. And also with the leaders uh expressing from their side what they want to accomplish and what they want to what they want to get done and working with each other to to try to get that accomplished before any trouble ever started. Uh one of one of the things I think sometimes we we and sometimes you can't help it. I'll put it that way. But but I think a lot of our leaders sometimes is perception on things that cause trouble before it ever gets started. One of the things I talked with the leaders of, of this BLM protest that we had at Murphy was about, you know, you got differences on, just right off the bat. And I, and I talked to some of my citizens about this. We can sit down and we can have discussions and we can talk about it. And we can come up with some solution and we can try to accommodate these things and keep the violence down and keep everything down. Or we can just show up and right gear and shields and tanks and all that kind of stuff and we can have a fight right off the bat <laughs> which, which, whichever way we want to do it so so we chose to try to stop it before it started and and it was very successful we had no incidents we had we had no damage we had no violence we had nothing that happen we had some citizens that were um, that tried to incite a little bit of violence that tried to incite some things with the protesters uh, but because we had those discussions ahead of time and because the protesters, understood and knew that we were not against them, that we were there to work with them. We were able to deal with those things and were able to stop those things before they got started. And the protesters themselves didn't respond to it, didn't didn't, didn't respond to those actions because we had all this worked out ahead of time before we went into it.
1: So the word, the operating word there is being proactive. Being proactive. Being proactive means that you had those discussions, mm-hmm. but most importantly, you laid out your priorities of what you will right. do under certain circumstances. right? And uh, I think that's a very effective way of dealing with things because the First Amendment does give people the right to to protest, to uh, to petition the government for redress of grievances. That's all part of the First Amendment. And I don't think any, um, any reasonable individual would say that BLM can't do that or any other right. group can't do that. It's when... Things go off the rails, and so one of the questions mm-hmm. I would ask you is, yes, sir, they had you had a reason we had a reasonable crowd of was two hundred and fifty people yeah. approximately. roughly, approximately probably by there. by the time you had
2: viewers and everybody,
1: probably three to
2: four hundred by the time you figured everybody
1: out did it. you ever figure out or do you have any sense about uh-huh. how many of those people were from out of town?
2: I would say probably at least half. At least a lot of our locals, which we requested from our locals, um, you know, that you have a right to assemble just like anybody else does, but, but don't come to town and bring your guns. Don't come to town and and try to incite things that would happen. Um, you know, we, we had to make contingency plans for that whole thing also. There was a lot of behind-the-scenes work, not just the sheriff's office, but Murphy Police Department, state agencies. Uh, we probably had about seven or eight agencies that were represented in the case of trouble and things that were going to happen with a lot of contingency plans that people never saw. And and, and because we didn't want to bring everybody out and, and cause trouble right off the bat like we talked about, showing up with the right shields and those kind of things. But they were there, and they were ready, and we were ready to – to take care of things, if we needed to take care of things, you know. But but along with that, you have Roman bands of people who go from protest to protest from different places, and and for the purpose of inciting trouble, inciting riots. Uh, one of the things that being proactive and talking with the leaders of this is we had an agreement with the leaders because the leaders understood what would happen if things got out of control, if businesses got damaged, if people started fighting and rioting and those kind of things. They understood what was going to happen at that point. So we had an understanding with those leaders that if people from out of town showed up, to create trouble or whatever, they would step out of the way and point them out to us and let us deal with them. And so I think that was part of being proactive on all this and working out those details in the beginning instead of just all of a sudden everybody just showing up in town, 400 people showing up in town and people yelling and screaming at each other and fighting back and forth. Uh, That's not to say we might not have some trouble in the future. I'm just saying that this this original protest worked out pretty good and it worked out pretty good as far as just sitting down and having conversations.
1: I mean, it is the sense of many people that these roving roving protester bands or whatever are well financed. Right. Um, when you you can tell the difference between an expensive printed sign and some something <laughs> that someone took. If you ever campaign
2: okay. for office, you know the difference in those signs. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's right. So they're either with a magic marker on a right. on a whiteboard or the someone has spent the money to to yeah. print them and. People coming from out of town obviously need transportation, food, often the place to stay, right. a stay. So uh there's there is a difference. And uh, I would say I was I was very happy that nothing happened in, at our protest. It's funny we call it the B L M protest. To me, B L M is a Bureau of Landmark. Right. <laughs> yeah. I have plenty of issues with right. them as well. Yeah. But but the point is, is that you were proactive, and even though there were people from out of town, mm-hmm. I think you handled that very well. Yeah. Uh, I think the citizens of our county are are very reassured by understanding that you were prepared, right? And that had had things going off the rail that uh, there would have been protection in place to make sure that we were not harmed.
2: Yeah, I don't want to give up all the things we did in case we have future incidents that happen. I don't want people to know kind of our, our behind-the-scenes thing. Uh, but But I can assure the citizens that there was plenty of people and equipment and things available that in the event that something would have happened, it could have been taken care of within a few minutes.
1: What are your thoughts on what's going on nationally in terms of the mobs versus the police? pulling down of statues and and erasing our well history.
2: i think you hit the nail on the head a while ago if you look back through history and you look at every overthrow of government every overthrow of government there has ever been and we we are in the midst of a governmental overthrow through socialism and and far-left liberalism and those things that's happening um the one of the first things that happens is tearing down monuments and history and erasing those things uh so people don't know where they they come from the second thing that happens with that is that not only do you tear down the history but you have the promise of utopia and and that uh, you know when you look at a lot of our young educated young people that are in college and coming up Um, they have this ideology that if we had socialism instead of capitalism, that they wouldn't have to work, everything's paid for, they can have whatever they want, the government will pay for their housing, pay for their food, pay for their cell phones, pay for their cars, pay for everything they have, and people can just lay back and go to the lake and work and not work, and life would just be wonderful, you know. And so there's this promise of utopia uh, to these people that that we're falling into. And what's happening is the problem that this cannot be accomplished is because you have law and order and rules and constitutional, you know, authorities and those kind of things. And so in order for this plan to succeed, this overthrow of America, this overthrow of government, in order for that to succeed, you have to get the guns and law enforcement out of the way. You, you have to remove them from from the scene uh, to be able to complete that overthrow. Um, You know, when you look at a lot of these other dictatorships that's overthrown different countries and different places, in addition to the promise of utopia and a race in history, what is the one of the first things they do? Disarm them. Take away their firearms. Take away their protection. Take away these things to where those resistance people who are not falling for it or not drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak, where they don't have a way to fight back. They don't have a way to resist. And so, if you look at all the strategies of dictatorship and overthrowing and changing governments and overthrowing governments, we're seeing all this laying out right in front of our eyes. And and I will tell you, I'll tell you, Doctor Dan, this this is the only time I know of in my life, and probably your life too, that I have been worried. I have been really, really worried about the future of our country and worried about what's going to happen coming down the road because you see all these steps being laid out. And and especially our younger generation is just following blindly, just to whatever whatever they want to do. They're, yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's do it. You know, and you go out and these protesters. You're talking about these mob mentalities and and people protesting against government and all these things. You go out on these streets and ask them, you know, what are you protesting against? What? Tell me your ideologies. Tell me what you'd like to say. Most of them can't even tell you. And and I refer to them as a rebel without a cause. You know, they're they're just a rebel without a cause and whatever we can protest, whatever they can get out and um, be a part of history. That's what I want to do, you know, and, and not even really
1: knowing what they're protesting
2: or why they're protesting.
1: Well, what you're is seeing and, and you've spoken about is that, that these people have a total ignorance of history. Uh, and if you understand history and you know all, all of these people, for instance, the statues that they are tearing down – I mean, they're tearing down statues of people who wanted the same things that supposedly right. they want. When they look at and they're trying to pull down a statue of Abraham Lincoln, right, who wrote the you know the Emancipation Proclamation uh-huh. that freed the slaves uh, in eighteen sixty three, right? Right? They want to pull him down as I don't know why. Yeah. But what it comes down to is these people are really not smart. Right. They're just not smart. They're they for all their book learning, supposed book learning, for all their college degrees, if they if they have them, they really are ignorant, non-smart people. Right. Because they really don't, they're just doing things because they're sort of told what to do. They're right. buying into a cult mentality. Yeah. And you you talk about history, and I'm just going to say there are two things that come to mind when you see what's happening now, the erasing of history and socialism. You know, Margaret Thatcher who said that socialism only works until you run out of other people's money. <laughs> right. And that's really true uh-huh. because uh, that's how it works. I mean, as long as you have someone else's money to spend, who cares? Right. But when when you come down to the that that end of the road when the money runs out, someone's
2: got to pay for it and there ain't no money which, there to run Which it. is exactly, if you look at countries like Venezuela, which exactly is what happened there when their socialistic ideas first started down there. It was great. You know, the country was great. Everything was running great. Everybody was being taken care of. And then the money ran out. And then when the money ran out, they ran into a, a destitute nation of starving people. And, and, you know, a lot of our younger generations that are followers, they, by not knowing history, by erasing that history and them not understanding the history, I think that they, they have this idea of utopia that's going to last forever and not understanding that somebody has to pay the bill. Somebody has to pay for all those those products and goods and services and things that are coming in.
1: You talked about dictators, when they come into power, erase the history, Mm -hmm. and that is specifically to divorce the people from their past because if people can hang on to their past, they understand their culture, their culture. They understand the culture of their country, the philosophy Mm -hmm. of their country. When you divorce them from that, then you can mold them like lemmings to, right. do, to do whatever. And it always reminds me uh-huh. of the book of Exodus, uh-huh. you know, verse 8. Right. And there arose in Egypt a pharaoh who knew not Joseph. Because right. you know that in history, and that's, that's been researched in history uh-huh. by archaeologists and the like, Because Joseph went down there. He saved the nation of Egypt. They were prosperous and a wonderful nation. But they were taken over by a band of of a tribe from Africa Uh that came over and overthrew the sheriff. Right. Uh, The sheriff, overthrew (laughs) the pharaoh. Yeah. The pharaoh and the new pharaoh cut off the history. He erased the history of everything that Joseph had done. Uh-huh. So that he could then force the Jews into slavery. Right. So that's a very good example from the Bible. Right. <laughs> of, we can find of a lot of good say, examples from the Bible. Can't we? we sure can. And that's what's <laughs> happening right now.
2: Right. So. Yeah. And, and like I say, I think that you know a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it, but but really what we are seeing is we're seeing a socialistic agenda that's trying to overthrow a capitalistic society. That that's what what we're seeing going on. And, and not only do you have law enforcement, police that's in a way, but now you have a president who has been elected by the people who does not cower down or bow down to the, to the Washington elite, who, who is not playing the political games, who is, not, who is not doing the things up there that past presidents, past elected officials have done, and it threatens their way of life. And so, you know, you have somebody up there that is self-sufficient monetarily, who is self-sufficient, uh, who don't need the job, who don't necessarily want the job, who doesn't necessarily want to appease people or bow down to people, and they cannot complete their agenda because he's in the way. And and, and so that's, that's what we're seeing that's going on in our nation right now.
1: Well, Sheriff Derek Palmer, we've had a very interesting discussion about uh, the police, about law enforcement, about our nation and the – the absolute total risk that is now being presented to Mm -hmm. us. I appreciate the fact that you are a constitutional sheriff. I applaud you for that. And I know that because you are a Christian and a conservative, that you take all of these things to heart and that you truly believe that what you are doing is what the Lord told you to do. Absolutely. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. I never wanted to be sheriff. I'll
2: just be honest with you. I never did. I never wanted to be sheriff. Um, real quickly before we go, I was at lunch one day as a deputy and I'd actually quit the sheriff's office. had my own business, doing my own thing. And, uh, one of my friends who was a long time preacher and investigator was having lunch with him one day and he took his fork and he shook it in my face. And he said, you know what's wrong with this country? And I said, what? He said, good people who can make a difference won't make a difference. And that just struck me in the heart when he said that, you know? And so I really began to pray about it and think about it and, and I'm doing what I'm doing because I really feel like that this is such for such a time and place as this, and, and that we really need people in, a, in places of authority and places of power that will be willing to stand up and do the right thing, even when it puts themselves in jeopardy, even when it puts their family in jeopardy, even when it puts uh, a lot of things in their personal life in jeopardy. I think that good people still need to stand up and do the right thing, even if it costs you everything you have.
1: Our founders risk their lives their fortunes, and their sacred honors so that we could have the freedom that they gave us 235 years ago. That is what this is all about. Uh, They risked everything for us, and now I'm telling people listening to you and me now, get off the sofa. You can no longer sit silently by and let all this happen to our nation. So it is imperative that we stand up now, that we have the guts, the spine, the fortitude, whatever you want to call it, to stand up now and make a difference. We can no longer afford for the future of our nation for you to do nothing. It is not an option. Stand up. Resist tyranny. That is my call to you. Sheriff Palmer, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio.
2: This morning. Okay.